When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is the key for the Raptors winning the finals? Do the Warriors have the depth to win a third title in a row? What are the key matchups and adjustments both teams need to make? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am pleased to bring on this show, Friend of the Breakdown, Doug Smith, who is the Toronto Raptors beat writer for the Toronto Star. Doug, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Ah, My pleasure, Nick, always. Well, let's just take the temperature of Toronto while you're up there. Game one, everyone's getting ready for tomorrow. Uh, You know, just is it really, are they really as excited as as it seems from my point of view all all the way on the West Coast? Oh, yeah, they're they're, they're pumped. They've never seen anything like this before, especially in basketball. And frankly, a Toronto team hasn't played for a, in a series championship since the 93 Blue Jays. It's been a great release for you know, a city that's sort of starved for sports victories. And the ride through three series has been fun and real, and the people are really, really pumped up. You know, remind me, was that Joe Carter and Wild Thing? That was Joe Carter and Wild Thing in 93. Yep, they won in 92 in Atlanta and the 93 here. But that's, this is the first time since then that a Toronto team has played for a championship. Well, I'm revealing my true Cubs color because those are the, those are the two ex-Cubs that helped them win. Um, and uh, I remember being in college, uh, seeing the, the there, there was a homer in there that was really dramatic, I believe, in 93, right? Yeah, Joe Carter hit the walk-off one in the ninth inning. Or, yeah, ninth inning of game six. It was, uh, it was the iconic Toronto sports moment until Kawhi's four-bouncer beat the Sixers on game, game seven of the second round here. Well, good. Let's talk more about the Raptors because that's why we're here. So, um, what are, are are there any specific adjustments that we're looking at here that Nick Nurse might pull out in the beginning of the of the, uh, of the finals, or are we going to kind of just sort of wait and see, like he did maybe in the in the last round? I, I think he's generally a wait and see guy, but he's quick to react if things go south in a game. And I think that's one of the strengths of the team is it's got a bunch of versatile players. Uh, you know, I don't know whether does he use. Kawhi Leonard, the team's best defender on Clay Thompson right off the bat, or Jermaine Green? It's like, I, I think probably Clay, and then we'll see where they go from there. But uh, they're adaptive more than changing to start a series, I would say. Well, that's interesting. Now, I wonder, what does that mean for Siakam if they put uh, Kawhi on Draymond? Well, they just have to chase Clay around, and, and I don't know whether that suits him that well. Um, you know, if, if uh, Golden State goes to the death lineup where it's all small, where does that leave uh, uh, Serge Ibaka and Siakam? It's going to be, it's going to be a uh, sort of imposition of wills matchup wise. I think early in the series. So does that mean that uh, you didn't even mention Marcus All? So I'm wondering, does that make him? I, I suppose it's Steve Kerr's focus is going to be try to get him off the floor, perhaps. I, I presume they would try that, but you know, Gasol is a smart, crafty guy. He's certainly not fleet of foot. You know, he gets in, he does. He's got good footwork. He shows hands well. You know, guys like DeMarcus Cousins, Looney, uh, we don't know if they'll use Bogut. Those are good matchups, but he's also able to play small. 
And I, I think, you know, Gasol's going to play. He's got to play. And they hope he can make the Warriors pay on the offensive end as much as they would have, the Raptors would have to pay to have him on the floor defensively. Well, you know, a lot of my fans are asking about why Jeremy Lin has gotten no run. I know Van Vliet has been playing better, but is there any other uh, indication you can help them to, to overcome their disappointment? Yeah, I'm here to, it's like every hour up here. They simply don't trust him defensively. And he, you know, really, in the last six weeks of the regular season, he couldn't make a shot to save his soul. Uh, they, they don't, they don't, He's not good enough to play on this team in this, at this situation. That's the bottom line. Okay, that's that's a that's a pretty straightforward answer, and it makes yeah, sense no, to it's, me. It's, <laughs> it's harsh, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I hear. It. And besides, to throw him out there now anyway without having any run would be a recipe for disaster. Let's talk about another guy who uh, is is not playing right now, but who might be on the horizon is Kevin Durant. What is the Raptors' take on him? Are they expecting him to play at all? Uh. They don't think he'll play in games one. They know he won't play in one, obviously. They're, they're preparing as if he won't play it until game three. To give him another, basically another week off to get healthier, uh, get ready. But, you know, I think they're, they, they've played team. They played the Golden State team when Durant played and they did okay. You know, there would be wrinkles and adjustments to be made then, but they're okay to make it. They're after they're, they're seriously, I know this is, this is cliche and all coaches say it, but they truly are more worried about what they do than what other teams do. And they want to do what they do as well as they can. Let's talk about Fred Van Vliet for a minute because the, a big thing was made about how he's shooting much better after the birth of his second child. Uh, what is he saying about this, the, the, the transformation? He's, he's the most self-confident guy I know. He, even when he couldn't make a shot, he was going to keep taking them because that's what he has to do. And eventually they're going to go in. It's a, you know, it's historically proven. He's a pretty good shooter, but I think he's as concerned about the way he defends, the way he leads, giving him a second ball handle when he's on the floor with Lowry, that lets Kyle play off the ball a little bit, gives him three minutes of offensive rest where he can sort of not go stand and be a catch up spot, spot up shooter. Uh, Van Fleet's hugely confident. He's, his shot came around late in the game. And I don't know whether it was adrenaline because he didn't sleep for two days after his kid was born, but he seems to be uh, not missed a beat now. Wow. So, so has anyone actually just flat out asked him, like, what has he done differently to, that he's making all these shots now? Yeah, we asked him. He could, I, I'm not doing anything differently. I'm, shooting the, same, I'm ah. shooting the same shots from the same spots in rhythm when I get to no, no technical changes, no tweaks to release or anything like that, no different spots on the floor. They're just going in now, and they didn't go in for a week. Right. Well, just just a cat. My my observation is he's got more arc on his shot. But hey, maybe maybe I'm wrong. But that's what it looks like to me. Um, are we worried about Siakam at all? Having you know, being so young, having no experience at this level as a lot of the players in the Raptors don't have, uh, and he's been up and down. Like he's had in the same game, he's been up and down. So what are they saying about that, and how he's going to be able to acclimate himself as quickly as possible? I think they're they're a little bit concerned because he's had. You know, in the last two series, he was guarded by Giannis and by Joel Embiid, two of the better defenders in the NBA. And he didn't really find a place to get his shot off. And I don't know what the Warriors will have in store for him, but you know, they're concerned that he's got to get more consistently to his spot and get in the lane and do this little spin move and, and kick the ball out. He's also got to get off the ball more quickly when second guys come at him, if they do. 
and he learned that later in the Buck series that I think they need to keep hammering home. But yeah, he's a he's never he's never been on the stage, obviously, and he's got a big target on his back because of the year he had, and he's not an unknown anymore. People are guarding him because they're aware of him, and he's got to be more creative and more willing to or able to make changes in his game. What do you think? How, how well is he going to play in the series? I, I think he's. I think at this stage of, of this year, he's going to be far better at home than he is on the road. Mm-hmm. But I do think he's going to get. You know, the, I think the Warriors have a tendency to give up threes, and I think he's going to get shots. And if he gets a corner three going, his confidence goes. They got to close out a little bit quicker, and he can start to drive on guys. But I, I think he's going to be able to handle it well enough to not hurt them. Fair enough. In the video yesterday, we analyzed their starting fives net rating. It was getting blown out in the conference finals. You replaced Danny Green with Fred Van Vliet, and all of a sudden, the Raptors are blowing the other team out. So I'm kind of curious what their feelings are. I mean, they're not going to make a change, obviously. I think you're right. Danny Green's going to still start. But what, what, how do you feel about how this starting five matches up now in a completely new series with the Warriors? I, I'm not sure. Uh, Danny Green just seems to be struggling so much that I don't know that you can, that it's going to turn around all that much. You know, he's obviously a threat. He's also obviously a proven NBA finals performer, but his struggles have been legit and for a while. Uh, and I think you're going to see a bunch more on Norm Powell. I think there'll be a lot more, a lot shorter run for Danny. If he's not making shots because Norm Powell played really well in the last four games against the bucks. And a the guy they got here that I think is a little bit under the radar is a guy, Patrick McCaw. I think he's got a chance to have an impact on this series because he's just a fly-around crazy defender. He knows the Warriors, obviously, and he's legit 6'7". Mm-hmm. So he might be the guy who gets, if Green's struggling, and instead of getting 20 minutes, Danny gets 14, those other six might go to McCarr. Interesting. Well, I'll definitely keep my eye on that. That's another storyline that would be particularly uh, juicy for for you guys, especially because he came from the Warriors and left in a weird way. So uh, I'm anxious to get this started. I guess uh, you guys had a lot of extra days off here to kind of cover the team and get all these press conferences in. Uh, What's the status of all the beat writers? Are you guys ready for the game to start? We can't wait. It's too much of a circus. I'm writing too many stories from the 24 years of the Raptors. I want to write about basketball games. Absolutely. Well, I want to do videos about it, too, so I can't wait for that. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Doug, and uh, we'll check in with you later. Absolutely, Nick. No problem. Thank you. You know, I've always wanted to be the Fred Van Vliet of fashion since I'm constantly looking for clothes that are really comfortable but are also stylish enough to wear out as well. And at Roan, I finally found the one place for premium activewear that is engineered for unparalleled quality and comfort. Slip on their Spar crew neck And you'll know exactly what I mean. It's ridiculously soft and has stretch to it, making it seem like it was designed exactly for you. Do you consider yourself a modern man? Well, Roan has something for you for every occasion. Their selection of premium shorts, shirts, tank tops, socks, and swimwear has you literally covered for every situation, and they're perfect for the office or the gym. And now, Roan has just released their amazing new commuter collection, Perfect for looking great and staying comfortable at the office. There's no question the style is familiar but unique as it rides the line between absolute comfort and the need to look appropriate in an office setting. I'm a sucker for pullovers, and their Sequoia quarter zip is awesome because you can have a nice collared shirt underneath it to get the perfect mix of business and casual. And that goes for everything in the commuter collection. 
from pants, polos, shorts, and shirts that are all lightweight, comfortable, and wrinkle-free. Go to Roan.com slash breakdown today and use promo code breakdown to get 20% off your first purchase. That's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash breakdown, promo code breakdown for 20% off. Roan.com slash breakdown, promo code breakdown. Okay, sports fans, let's bring in a beat writer for the Warriors. And I'm pleased to have, uh, I would say, best friend of the breakdown, Brady Klopfer, who covers the Warriors for my old stomping grounds over at SB Nation. Brady, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Nick. Awesome. Well, listen, we let's get into it. Let's talk about what the Warriors' point of view is like because we've heard from the Raptors. Uh, there are a lot of more people than I think that have some faith that they could actually beat Golden State in the finals. What's uh, your point of view on this? I think they absolutely can. I don't think they will. Uh, but I'm anticipating a competitive series. It would not surprise me in the least if Toronto jumps out to an, an early lead and takes game one. It wouldn't surprise me if they win the series. I think the Warriors win it in six. But Toronto is firing on all cylinders. They are immensely talented. You can make a very strong case that Kawhi is the best player in the game right now. And the Warriors, of course, have you know the dynamic of DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant. Will they play? Will they not play? Is the chemistry going to be disrupted if they do play? Are they going to lack depth if they don't play? So while I think the Warriors are the better team, they have more questions than the Raptors. And that always leaves the door open. Well, that, that, is, that is all those things I can agree with. What do you think the issue might be with Game 1 specifically that would give uh, the Raptors a chance to win it? Aside from being home. <laughs> I just think that, you know, they're closely matched up teams. So then you take it being at home. Toronto's played more recently, so they don't have any, any issues with the rust relative to what the Warriors might have. Toronto, you know, is going to be at full strength, which we know the Warriors aren't. I expect the Warriors to come out firing in game one, but we've seen many times before teams not do well after such a long layoff. The Warriors have nine off days between games here. So I just think everything is kind of lined up where if we're already looking at a series where each game could go in any direction with it being home and the rest factor and the health factor, game one is just primed for Toronto to take it if they're going to take one. Okay, let's pretend that the uh, boogie is not playing, you know, game one, game two, whatever. Kevin Durant, I'm fairly certain, won't even, I don't know if he'll even be in Toronto, so we don't think he's going to play in the first two games at least. So how do they match up? How are the Warriors going to guard the Raptors uh, starting five versus starting five? Yeah, this is a really good question. I think it'll be very interesting to see, and a lot depends on what Steve Kerr ultimately does with his starting lineup because he's kind of messed around a little bit with the center position. And even though Kavon Looney has been getting those starting minutes, he hasn't been starting most of the games. But I think we're going to see a very straightforward lineup from them in terms of the defensive assignments. I think we're going to see Curry on Kyle Lowry and Clay on Danny Green. And I think Andre Iguodala is the sensible person to put on Kawhi Leonard even though you could make a case that Draymond would defend Kawhi a little bit better one-on-one, -on -one, the Warriors love having Draymond in that rover role. And if they have him on Siakam, who obviously isn't an easy player to defend either, but you put him on Siakam, 
and you put him a little bit more in that rover role where he can help and defend Kawhi Leonard as a help defender rather than as the primary defender. And then whoever is starting at center, whether it's Looney, Bogut, Jordan Bell, whatever, will get that center assignment. So I think it'll be I think it'll be pretty straight up and Warriors switch heavy defense. I think that's what makes sense for them most right now. Though I could see them flipping a little bit there with Curry and Clay and swapping the guard assignments depending on what Kyle Lowry's doing. For sure. I mean, I would think that uh, the worry the Warriors might have is who they can put on Draymond to ignore him. And you might even think that Kawhi would be that guy, like you mentioned, so he could roam. Because um, I don't think that they want. I mean, it, it's a weird. I can't quite wrap my head around it. I guess we both are going to need to watch to see what's going to happen. And I have the feeling that both Nick Nurse and Steve Kerr are really going to be playing around with this, right? Where it's not going to be the same from game one to game three. It'll probably be radically different, I imagine. Oh yeah, we're going to see them play, and not just game to game, but you know, quarter to quarter, even possession to possession at some points, probably, or even just with the way they're doing their rotations. I think we're going to see them making changes to try and play chess with each other and I, I agree with you with Kawhi I think he'll open up guarding Draymond and sag off him a little bit get to play in that role where he can really help out on that high pick and roll with Steph Curry and then when they're running any other action he can just be the rover where you don't have to guard Draymond from the three-point line it's going to be very fascinating we're going to see a lot of tactical adjustments really I think every time out we're going to see a little a little change what do we know so far about the injury reports? Uh, let's just even stick with the guys we know that are playing. Uh, Curry, Clay, Draymond, uh, they are relatively healthy as far as I could tell, right? But what about Iguodala? What's his story? Iguodala is good. He practiced today. He has, he has been cleared to play tomorrow, so he should be fine. Whether or not you know, we see him less than 100%, who knows? But uh, the team has maintained that he will be fine for, for quite a while. And their trainer, Rick Celebrini, has maintained that he is not at all worried about Iguodala and full practice today, full go for tomorrow. Okay. And so, and we don't know about Boogie. He, he, he might actually play in one of the first two games? He might, yes. They, Steve Kerr would not answer today whether or not he will be active tomorrow. So he, they have left the door open for that. All, all the players and coaches have kind of hinted at it being a possibility. So it would not surprise me if he is playing tomorrow. Then again, they could just be playing a little coy just to make sure that the Raptors have to spend some time planning for that, even if the Warriors don't have it. But I think we'll see him in one of these games in Toronto. Fair enough. Now, I've heard a lot about um, and looking at this, the notion of depth and how the Raptors might have more depth. Uh, is that a concern for you as far as once you get beyond the top four or five, it kind of you know, gets a little thin for the Warriors perhaps? Yeah, it's, it's a concern for me with where they are right now in terms of health. I think their depth isn't an issue when Durant and Cousins are healthy just because you can have two of those four all-star scorers on the court at all times, and then your depth doesn't come into play as much. You know, Alfonso McKinney is a much better player when he is playing next to Clay Thompson and DeMarcus Cousins than when he's playing in a lineup full of reserves. So I think being top-heavy makes your depth perfectly fine when those players are role players. But if the Warriors don't have Durant and don't have Cousins, suddenly that depth does become a bit of an issue because they really have a difficult time scoring anytime Curry is off the court. They have a very difficult time defending anytime Draymond Green is off the court. 
And ultimately, you're just looking at a lot of shots for Alfonso McKinney and Quinn Cook and Jonas Yurebko, who they're okay, you know, eighth and ninth guys on your bench, but they're not the guys that you want having to actually be the second or third option in your bench lineup. It's funny you mentioned that, Brady, because Jonas Yurebko had to go through an exhaustive job search before he landed a good contract with the Warriors. Had he used ZipRecruiter, it would have been a lot easier without question. What if you had your own personal recruiter to help you find a better job? Now, ZipRecruiter's technology can do that for you. Just download the ZipRecruiter job search app, let it know what kind of job you're interested in, and its technology starts doing the work. The ZipRecruiter app finds jobs you'll like and puts your profile in front of employers who may be looking for someone like you. If an employer likes your profile, ZipRecruiter lets you know. So if you're interested in the job, you can apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated job search app. My listeners should download the free ZipRecruiter job search app today and let the power of technology work for you. Don't wait. The sooner you download the free ZipRecruiter job search app, the sooner it can help you find a better job. And in fact, the video I just dropped uh, a few minutes ago uh, goes over all their ATOs or after timeout plays and why they're so good. But I also did discuss a little bit about how they could defend those to ensure that guys like Looney or Draymond or Iguodala are the ones getting the shots and not, you know, Curry and Clay. And that that is a, it has to be a real concerning issue when you are in the finals and you have a lot of time to prepare and you are a good coach. And, I, you know, I'm going to give Nick Nurse the props. He, he was a little bit slow in my mind on some of the adjustments, but he actually made them uh, to win four in a row against a really good Milwaukee team. So uh, are you concerned? What about the Kerr-Nick Nurse matchup? What does that feel like to you? It's a fun one, and, and I am really looking forward to watching what they each do, as I'm sure you are. I, I agree with you. I thought Nurse was a little slow to make some adjustments, but the adjustments he has made kind of all playoffs long, when he has gotten to them, they've been key and they've been a huge part of the team having as much success as they have. And then you have Kerr on the, on the other end of the spectrum who does certainly does things in kind of a unique manner, goes to certain offensive sets only when he absolutely needs to, has shown the willingness time and time again to play the 10th and 11th and 12th and even 13th man on his bench and see what those back-of-the-bench players can provide. So they're both very unique and interesting tacticians who come about it in, in slightly different ways. And, and I'm looking forward to, to watching that. I think Game 2 and Game 3 are going to be the really fun games in this series because you're going to get Game 1 that's going to be something of a feeling-out process. And then it really begins in game two when they get to see how the things they did actually worked. I'm curious to see what Nurse's plan is to defend the Steph Curry, Draymond Green high pick and roll that absolutely ate up the Rockets in game six and ate up the Blazers really all through the conference finals. The Raptors are a tremendous defense with tremendous defensive players. And I'm curious to see what Nurse does there. But what I'm really curious is to see what happens in game two because what the Raptors do with that is either going to work and the Warriors are going to have to adjust or it's not going to work and the Raptors are going to have to adjust. And that's when it gets really these coaches. For sure. I mean, I got to kind of think out loud here for a second because, you know, uh, Lowry would most likely be on Curry. 
And then that's the question is that would probably be uh, Kawhi. They'd want Kawhi on Draymond in those moments, at least to be part of that. So they could switch off and not lose much. I don't think they're going to be worried about Draymond um, being guarded by Lowry. Right. I feel like that's, that's uh, they'll take that uh, on that one. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Yeah. What, what do you think about the, um, the, uh, the overall series? What's your prediction for what might happen in the, uh, in the series? I'm going to say the Warriors win in six, but I could see it being easier or harder for them. I could see, again, Toronto winning. Uh, but I think we're just going to have a little bit of a back and forth here. I think the Raptors take one of those games at home, and then the Warriors take both of the games back at Oracle Arena where they're suddenly starting to get that home court advantage back. And the fans have been louder in the playoffs after that first awkward series against the Clippers. So I think it's going to be a raucous environment in Oakland. The Warriors are going to have that home court advantage and, and get to the uh, 3-1 series lead that will certainly make so many headlines around Twitter, especially if the Raptors then win game five, which I would give them the advantage in. And then I think the Warriors get it done at home in game six. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I had this weird vision in my mind of it. They split both the first four games. And then game five, which is going to decide the series most likely because I feel like what's that 70 some percent of game five winners win the right. thing. So uh, that's the real rub. And like, is that when KD comes back and does he throw everything off because he hasn't played? and It's on the road in Toronto. So uh, I kind of feel like for some reason that game five will be won by the Warriors because they have the experience and they'll come back home and win it in, at home in, at Oracle. But uh, I think we we're both getting in the same spot in different ways. And um, and I think that it, it kind of feels that way. But, man, it, it, you got to admit, it would be this would be like what uh, the Dallas Mavericks being the heat in in 2011 if they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good a good kind of parallel there. But at the same time, I do feel like, you know, there's something to be said for how good the Raptors have been all year long and through most of the playoffs. And there's kind of always this assumption with the Warriors these last few years that they're going to flip which when it matters most. And they've certainly earned the benefit of the doubt there because they have done it in the past. Uh, but at the same, by the same token, they never quite flipped the switch. You're still looking at a Raptors team that won more than the Warriors this year, that had a net rating in the same ballpark as the Warriors this year, that you know, through all, all the things that actually happened over the 82 games suggest that they are every bit as good as the Warriors. And I think it would still surprise just about everyone if they were to win. But if they did win, I think it's the kind of series where maybe we could look back at it in hindsight and go, okay, maybe maybe we should have thought that that was a stronger possibility. For sure. Now, it also reminds me a little bit of when the Pistons beat the uh, Lakers no 4 when Lakers had uh, four All-Stars or four Hall of Famers. But what I yes. remind people on Twitter, though, is I reminded them that, you know, Karl Malone went down. And that was, I, I think, a huge reason why they lost, even though it was in five games, because, uh, you know, Slava Medvedenko, anybody. But then <laughs> I was really reminded on, on, in a text that um, they don't have Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And they might That's not have him one. for the series. I, I kind of get the sense that he's, he probably won't play in the series. I don't just, it seems like whatever they described the injury initially uh, was way off, right? Yeah. It, you, know, it, you know, it's much more serious than they thought it was. And, you know, I don't know. I don't get a feeling that he's going to come back anyway. So 
Who knows? Maybe it will have shades of 04. Uh, I don't, either way, it seems like we're going to have a very competitive series. It will go six games minimum. And thank goodness, because we've needed it after the last couple of seasons, last couple of finals, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's primed to be an incredibly close and more importantly, an incredibly fun and dramatic series. And, you know, the Warriors won the last two finals, eight games to one. As great as LeBron James is, those games just weren't that fun to watch. And I do not anticipate that being the case this year. These games are going to be fun. Absolutely. Well, this was fun talking to you about the Warriors and our predictions for the finals. So, Brady, thank you for coming on the show today. And um, we'll have to check in with you and see how accurate you were. Sounds It was great. Thanks for having me, Coach. You got it. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Brady? I'm always in, Coach.